You're listening to The Farah Podcast Starring Todd Perry There's the cut the shirt open scissors Which are like angled Like whenever those scissors comes out That's your ass Buck Perez They do what they want to do Say what they want to say Live yeah. how they want to live yeah. Play how they want to play That's it how they want to dance Kicking this slap of friend And from the rotating gang Of Cigar Store Indians Jeff Harmatz I think I missed the boat on my Indian guru. I should have. I should have had an Indian guru. You gotta have an Indian guru. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Far Out Podcast. My name is Todd Perry. To the right of me is the great Buck Perez. Oh, Todd, how we doing? Doing good, Buck. And the left, comic book artist Jeff Harmans. Hello. So loud. Oh yeah. Well, it, you, just here, my my hat is over the uh, the volume thingy for our uh, headphones. So, thank you, everybody, for back uh, for listening to the show. Uh, I was out of town uh, a couple weeks back. Now, uh, I was in. I went to uh, Winchester, Virginia, for work, which is right by West Virginia, which is right on the precipice of where the civilized world of Virginia just goes all wrong. And there was a couple things I, I witnessed there. I saw. Uh, I was driving down the streets of Winchester, Virginia. Uh, with some of my coworkers because it was a business trip, and they were selling. If if you if you ever want to know how life in California is different from other states, there was a guy selling black lawn jockeys on the side of the road, <laughs> like wow. in Winchester, Virginia. A black lawn jockey is an impulse buy. If right. that tells you anything, when, when people go, there's no racism in America. You can buy a black lawn jockey. Like I could have just stopped and gone. I need that for my lawn. I need that for my front door. I need one in the back. And they were selling lawn jockeys on the side of the road. Like when you drive down in downtown LA, you know Crenshaw, something like that. You see people with tents selling shirts of Kobe, Albert Pujols, something like that. You know, yeah, like shirts like that. There it's lawn jockeys. No, there was selling black lawn jockeys. That's like awesome. the most racist thing in the world. But you didn't get one? I know. Come on. <laughs> no, Just... I, I did not. I found it offensive. Just for keepsake. Come on. Some for the garage. Just spruce it up. <laughs> there was a... Spruce it up. I saw a guy with a Confederate flag bumper sticker. It said Southern by the grace of God. Right there. Right. Confederate flag. Now, mind you, the Confederacy fought. To keep slavery legal. All right. So no matter how you spin it, no how much you call it the war of northern <laughs> aggression, mm-hmm. uh, you are a uh, pro-slavery when you do that. I saw a soul food place called Show Nuff. That's a good name for a place. <laughs> I thought, I need to go in there and eat. And my, my coworkers like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to go to this fancy place. I was like, I need you to eat at Show Nuff. Shogun of Harlem. But I, I eventually uh, we went to Washington D.C. and I had like ninety minutes to just do the rounds. And uh, Washington D.C. is like amazing, like uh, very fun city. The the Washington Monument, like you get up there and you, everything's always smaller when you see it. Like like I saw the Taj Mahal once and you're like, whoa, fuck, that's even more impressive than in the photo. Mm-hmm. The Washington Monument, I was I was blown away. It was really cool. And then you stand at the Washington Monument. And at 3 o'clock directly is the Lincoln Monument with the reflective pool. At, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to tell time. At, at, at noon. 12, yeah. 12, noon. Also midnight. It's a crazy thing about the clock. Do it. Uh, Jefferson Monument. At uh, 9 o'clock, the Capitol Building, right? And then uh, right behind you at what would be... Uh, That'd be 6. 
Six o'clock. Thank you, Buck. Yeah. Uh, Barack Obama's house. The White House, right there. So you just sit and you walk, and you see, it, it's cool, because if you want to do it in uh, 90 minutes, you just go and go, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And I, I will tell you this. If you do go to Washington, D.C., and you, you have no time in the world, uh, see the the back uh, the, the backyard of the White House is much more impressive than the front yard. Really? Yeah. It's it's like my house, front yard, way more impressive than backyard, right? right. It's, you know, Kim... Kim Kardashian, the backyard of the White House is is the money shot. That's where you take your photo. Like you come to the front yard, you're like, eh, small, you know, like kind of like in November, like the foliage doesn't look that great. Hmm. You walk around to the back, impressive. And you know the funny thing is, it's it's wider than you'd think. Like I don't know what the color palette is. Like just like it, Kim Kardashian's butt, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, that's wide. Or but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty cool. It was like, uh, uh, and and then they had just arrested a guy two two hours before I got to the White House. Oh, the, the guy shooter jumped the fence. No, yeah. no, it wasn't that. They had an extra barrier, so you have to jump three barriers to get uh, get get inside. And um, imagine when the president comes home, he's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta climb three fucking <laughs> fences to get home." Like, Sasha, <laughs> you know, boost me, you know. But uh, yeah, I, Washington D.C. was fantastic. Um. So we were talking about this right before we started recording. I did see the most despicable thing I've ever seen when I was visiting Washington, D.C. I used to live in New York. I would go down and visit friends in D.C. I went with a friend from New York to D.C. and we were in a pizza parlor. I was getting a sandwich at two in the morning and when the bars were closing. Uh, A man who was perhaps a homeless, perhaps a hipster, long bearded, totally despicable looking, um... Had some pizza, and while I was waiting for my sandwich, he started vibrating and collapsed um, in the restaurant. Good lord. So as I'm waiting for my sandwich... How how did he vibrate? He just started, like, I don't know, having a seizure or shaking, convulsing. convulsing. Yeah, that's the term I'm looking for. So as he falls to the ground, and I can't leave without my sandwich because I've already paid for it. I like that. I like that dedication to the sandwich. The ambulance comes. Yeah. People are trying to resuscitate the gentleman. Ambulance comes and are like doing ambulance paramedic things, you know, cutting his shirt open while he's on the floor. Yeah, they had those, those scissors, like that. There's the cut the shirt open scissors, which are like angled. Mm. Like whenever those scissors comes out, that's your ass. Those are like yeah. kick-ass scissors. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, perhaps he's dead. Perhaps they can revive him. But my sandwich shows up. I have no place in this business. So I walk out with my sandwich. Right. My did friend... You, did you step over him? I did not, <laughs> fortunately, did not step over him. But my friend... Walked over to his table as people were all over, all around him, doing their work on him, and stole the pepperonis off of his pizza, and Whoa. then ate them. Wait, he, your friend did that? My friend stole the pepperonis from a dying man. This son of a bitch. <laughs> That's not a friend. Yeah, he did not take the pizzas. He just picked off the pepperonis. It's wow. worse. Well, because that would be bad for the man's heart, who is yeah. you know, dying right there. Really? Nitrates that, and shit. Why didn't yeah. he just steal his wallet? I don't know. I don't know. Why didn't uh, he just kick him in the balls? Exactly. Jesus. What's a pepperoni pizza without the pepperoni? Yeah. It's just a grease ball. Now, what kind Jeez. of pizza did your friend have? Did he maybe have a cheese? And it was like, eh, I could use some pepperoni. No, he wasn't eating anything. He just ate the pepperonis. Straight up dick. Yeah. yeah what did you tell him? Dick move. What I was said, your I reaction? I, I just said, I was flabbergasted. What do you say in that situation? There's nothing that you can be said. Um, but you did do something. I ate my sandwich when we got home, probably put on a South That doesn't curb your appetite. Yeah. Of course not. I'm still friends with this gentleman. I don't know who you're hanging out with. Yeah, he's not a man to be trusted with your pepperoni. (laughs) No. I mean, that's a tell. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's a pretty obvious tell. Um, wow. So, as everybody knows, uh, if if you're in America, you may not know this uh, because the seasons run a little bit differently. But I know everybody on this show here is a big fan of the show Downton Abbey on PBS. Uh-huh. It's the uh, English show where, um, you know, it's 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 just a beautiful show about a. A, a guy who who owns an abbey that you know it's almost the the end of the feudal system in the UK. Socialism's coming to kick out all the yes. rich people the, that own the abbeys, and it's about the relationship. This is the one where they cut off the guy's balls. No, no, this is a, with the dragons. No, there's no no. That's Game of, of Thorns, probably. Uh-huh. No, this is this is a real. This is the motorcycle gang one. No, no, that's Where Sons of Anarchy. Really cool. Is this the one with the guy with the time machine? No, that's um, Doctor Who. What? Doctor what? Yeah, Doctor Hey. <laughs> but uh, no, this no. is about the aristocracy and their relationship to their servants. Ah. This is like me and my wife. We watch a show every week, and season five just ended. So I really wanted to do a Downton Abbey recap. I thought it'd be great because I know probably all our listeners uh, watch Downton Abbey, I and I know I know Buck, you watch Downton Abbey, correct? Well, no, no. I do not. I do not know what this is. Okay. Well, I, I, mean, watch, I, I watch I, Pe- I, Peaky Blinders. You heard that? I want to do a recap for the show. I don't give a shit. We're gonna we're gonna recap the the first uh, season five of Downton Abbey right here. Okay. Sounds bad. Downton Abbey season five recap. What should we call each other? Well, we could always start with Mrs. Crawley and Lady Grantham. Who pays for it? Oh, good. Let's talk about money. I thought you didn't like him. So what? I have plenty of friends I don't like. Things will be brighter when you're down Abbey. Down in it. In the town of Abbey. So at the end of uh, season five, everybody was in London for a wedding, but the atmosphere was awkward. Rose's parents, Lord and Lady Flintshire, disapproved because Atticus... Who Rose wanted to marry is Jewish. Now, I always loved huh? Rose because she was just, I mean, she's just such a free spirit. So, you know, and huh? I mean, the way that, what time I mean, you? she has this beautiful flapper hair and that in the face of the aristocracy. What are you wearing? I mean, it's, it's just so impressive. And the Me? fact that she wanted I'm to subvert the dominant paradigm oh, by getting sorry. with a Jew. Huh? Uh, and and, and even though that they were all into the Church of England and everything. Hopefully I'll be off soon. Hey, Buck. No. What? Really? I'm just taking a call, sir. I'm trying to. I'm trying to recap. You know my rule. After ten, it is ten right now. It's ten. After ten is booty call. Okay. I just fuck, got. Fuck, a, fuck. I just got a booty I'm call. Sorry. I gotta answer the phone. I'm sorry. Did you come up with another bit? No. We're gonna talk about Downton Abbey right here. So please, just stop it. By the way, this is an English show. Can you do it with, with the English? Yeah. There goes your mic. Now you, you have mic privilege back. Thank you, Jeff, for paying attention. Of course. I'll call you later. Of course. I'll now call you after. Here was the interesting where uh, Inspector Viner called Anna because there was the whole problem at Scotland Yard because Mr. Bates, uh, the, the thing was that Mr. Bates, uh, everybody thinks that he killed the guy who raped Anna. All right. And I honestly, anybody who really knows the show, uh, they know that Mr. Bates wouldn't be the kind of guy to kill anybody. Really, dude? <laughs> what Re- <do> you- <laughs> really? Come on, dude. I'm sitting here and at least... I mean, go I'm in the here. corner of the room. 
Well, go in the corner of the room and smoke your marijuana cigarettes through that big contraption you got here. I'll also take some vape hits. All right, from my Steven Dorf cigarette I got right here. All right. I mean, seriously, all look cool doing it. I didn't see that. There. Out of your backpack, you pull out this like fucking seven it's foot a tr- travel bong. Travel bong. Can't you pay attention? <laughs> if not, if you haven't watched the show, at least you can have a fucking opinion on what we're talking about. All right. Well. Thank you, Jeff, for at least standing in here and paying attention. I'll watch it on Netflix. Oh. So Tom decided to go to Boston to go work with his cousin. Now, I mean, Tom has had such a weird... He's such a dynamic character because, you know, he's a socialist. He, but, he but, works in the ad agency in no. the 1950s. And so, Buck, we can just turn your mic off. And so the thing, the thing I'm really interested about Tom is because Tom was a socialist... And he was like a working class Irishman that went to go live at the Abbey. His wife died. She was gorgeous. He has his child. And so now he's conflicted because he's a socialist, but he's living amongst the aristocracy. Oh, shit. Jeff, really? Are you watching? Are you watching porno? Are you watching porno? No, on your, turn your phone. One turn minute. Your, one minute. One turn minute. Just your, give me a minute. Turn your phone around. One minute. Let me see the video of that. Let me see the video. Let me see what you're watching. I'm trying to do the Downton Abbey recap. Yeah, oh, it's like uh, just recap the porno because that's so much fecal matter yeah. in this bathtub right now. It is devastating. So now the war memorial in the end was unveiled, and plus there was a separate stone where Robert had made honoring Miss Patamore's nephew. And, and everybody knows that Miss Patamore's nephew, he was a con- Next time on the Far Out Podcast. No, no, it's actually not. It's not a vibrator. That looks exactly like, listen to it, Buck. That's humming like a vibrator. Totally. It's vibrating, but it is not a vibrator. It looks like a penis, Buck. It has balls on the end and veins. <laughs> it's it's similar, totally a vibrator. It's similar to, but not, it's like GoBots and Transformers. This is the GoBot. This is not a Transformer. But it which vibrates, uh, ergo, is vibrator. Yeah. Yes. drunk the other night and I was uh, watching the television and I was you know just flipping I had nothing set to watch I was a uh, I was a free agent in terms of television I mean there, there's that moment where you know in this world of DVRs and everything it's it's nice to spin the wheel every once in a while and uh, just see what the fuck is going on on TV right. so, so I'm just sitting around having a Bud Light Platinum and watching TV and then I uh, I scrolled by uh, the the news portion when you got your MSNBCs, your Fox, your CNN, all this, and I see that there's a Geraldo Rivera special on the 80th birthday of Elvis Presley on uh, Fox News. Now, nice, now hard hitting, yeah, <laughs> and, and and Geraldo still has the Geraldo look, but it's all gray, you know. And, uh, still got that stash, dude. That stash is still like he has more on his upper lip than I have on my head. Didn't he like do some kind of selfie recently? Yeah, everyone's like, "Oh, dude, you oh, over, over and above and beyond Geraldo." I thought he looked good. Too much. Yeah, he did look good. Yeah, he Geraldo, did look good. Geraldo did look good. Wasn't his opening of Al Capone's vault just one big like s- selfie? 
Yeah, that special. Right. It, was there was nothing in it. A selfie. I mean, that was back when you, you could trust TV, and they'd actually go in without there being anything in there. Mm. Uh, but so I was like, oh, it's a, a special on the king. Like you know, I. I'm, I'm I'm enchanted by the life of Elvis Presley. I think he's, I mean, all the great like American icons, they're always these people you can't quite pin down. Like all the people that have survived, like you you they, they they've they've been forged through the media. They've been, you've you've tried to shoot their story through you know you know holes in their story of their lives, but you still can't quite figure them out. Like Michael Jackson. I still don't know what was up with that guy. The amount of people that have known him, talked about him, still a mystery. Bob Dylan never tells you the story. Bob Dylan's always, you, he's, you know, it's like, it's like trying to hammer a nail through jello. Like, he just keeps moving. Like, you really don't know. Like, in 1967, uh, was there a motorcycle accident where he was injured so he left the public scene? Or did he just lie and say he got into a motorcycle accident and didn't want to attack anybody? Nobody really knows still. I thought he was uh, attacked by womp rats. No, no. He used to bullseye womp rats. Come on. Uh, and so, and then also you look at uh, Elvis Presley. And still there's part of me that I really don't know what went on in the heart of the king. Like, you know, there's part of him. A lot that, of cholesterol. Yes. But I mean, there's this part of him where you think, man, he might be this like really genius, intelligent artist. And part of him is just kind of a, a really good looking bubba. And then there's, he's a dynamic character. But... They they had all these people that Geraldo was interviewing because of course they didn't do it on his music or whatever they did it on how he died and like the the on, amount on the crapper right yeah on the crapper yeah, yeah. and the amount of medication Way to go <laughs> yeah if you know if I'm gonna go go out like the king on the throne <laughs> on the throne yeah yeah and so the whole thing was Geraldo being like now I'm talking to. You know, one of the members of the Memphis Mafia, his entourage. Yeah. And he's getting the word about the king from the entourage. And then I, I thought, man, Elvis kept performing up until he died when he was like so bloated and so drugged out. But still, you watch video of it. and He still performs well. But he was such a mess. But he had this whole crowd around him that, uh, you know, insulated him. Mm-hmm. And he... He had to keep performing because he had the nut of taking care of his entourage. Right. So he was like a slave to the people that were holding him up. He was a modern day MC Hammer. Exactly. Well, but the thing was, like, when it when it comes to entourage control, hmm. the king did it for way longer and kept it going. Yeah. Hammer had like three years of an entourage, like, fuck it, I'm thirty million in debt. Right. You know, like he had no entourage hand. By the time Adam's Family 2 came out, <laughs> he was done. <laughs> done. They do what they want to do. Say what they want to say. Live and how he, they want to live. Yes. Play how they want to play. Dance how was, they want to dance. Kicking this slap of friend. The Adam's Family. Go. Go, Adam's. Too legit. That was the, the funniest thing was um, at one point in time, I think it was that album, he had a backup dancer or some guy that was pivotal in his entourage type thing. They just had the nastiest hair. Remember, it was this black dude, but it was like spade? spiked. Yeah, it was like, like a, a weird spade like yeah, like and my sister used to call him Dukehead because <laughs> it just looked like he had a ton of shit in his hair. Yeah, but, but, but look at Dukehead on the TV. But Hammer was employing half of Oakland at a certain point when he was on stage, so he ran out of money yeah. real quick. I often wonder what happened to Dukehead. Yeah. So you have to have some kind of a self-sustaining entourage as well. Like it's got to be a back and forth. But like, and then also recently, uh, Johnny Manziel, the backup quarterback for the Browns, there was some incident where 
a fan came up to hug him and guys from his entourage just beat the shit out of the guy because they're fucking with Johnny Manziel. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. So I, w- I started thinking like, you know, what if? Hmm. What if? You know, the show gets bigger or whatever and we have to have our own entourages now the garage would get crowded for sure yeah i mean imagine there'd be just it'd be like the the back line at a wu-tang show mm. you know in here just guys just twirling towels behind us the whole time right and you'd have all these hangers on all these guys and we and and it would get to a point where of course buck and i we wouldn't be in be in each other's entourage we we would just be separate islands because that's what happens mm-hmm. you know yeah right. eventually led zeppelin at a certain point you know jimmy page and robert plant aren't hanging you know, they all have all their guys that they, you know, make them feel good and say, you know, you're the real reason why this shit is working. You know, mm-hmm. you need to ditch those guys, yeah. you know. So everybody has that entourage going on. So I wanted to know, like, if, you know, Jeff, your comic really hits when it comes out, because evidently it's going to be a kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah. Buck, when eventually you get your own food truck, maybe. Blowing up. And also for this show, the entourage you develop, and then me for this uh, show and for my... Uh, tremendous writing I'm doing these days you know everything works out we're gonna have to have an entourage so we're gonna, we're gonna start with Jeff Harmatz here You're, you you get big because of your comic book mm. who do you have how do you build your entourage who's in it alright well the first guy that I would have a, a, in my entourage is you you've been to a wedding where they have kind of a buffet and they have a meat carver like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a meat carver in my entourage right. like Right. Wearing like a th- uh, a hot plate that's suspended like around his chest, like he's selling popcorn at a baseball game. But he's just always like carving up some prime rib or some roast nice. lamb for like whoever's around, so people know that like when I'm around, you know, you can always get like a hot meal, you get some delicious prime rib. Maybe you can have like a belt with like some horseradish sauce. And I, that's some a, my first thought was <laughs> horseradish. Yeah, that's you gotta have the horseradish. Oh, yeah. And then maybe that little bit that that ajou some okay I'm thinking left pocket horseradish <laughs> yeah. right pocket ajou yeah and now does he have one of those like tunics those the white tunics that a good meat carver would wear I like, would expect so anything that you, you know I want it to be just like it's a, not official unless you do exactly yeah I want the mobile version of that so that people know that like yeah if I'm coming to a party I'm gonna bring some fucking prime rib that, you're gonna you're gonna feast even if it's a garbage party that you are too legit to quit yeah that's like that's the first way you let everybody in a room that you walk into know that you have class it's like hey I'm here have some prime rib yeah cause prime prime rib is the filet mignon of the poor <laughs> <laughs> right like uh, prime rib it's, it's like really rich guys don't go out and get the prime rib right mm. it's when the, the poor guy is living large like there's a place in Henderson Nevada <laughs> Well, I was just thinking Vegas Buffet. That's the yeah, poor that's the poor guy living it up. And I, I was there, and they had like a, a $9, like 20-ounce prime rib, right? Mm-hmm. And with the potato. And I'm sure this guy also had in his back pocket potatoes wrapped in tinfoil, right? And with the chives and the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you – that. and I swear, I had like three – that weekend that I was at that place because I was, oh my God, it was very good. Well, everybody loves those guys when they're around and they're just not around that much. They right. really aren't. You got to like, you got to have those guys around. That's how you know when you've made it. So who, who else is in this uh, entourage, Jeff? Um, well, so I have a guy. Um, we talked a little bit about um, some of the guys on this show. Uh, we like to have some drinks and um, you can be a bit messy from time to time. 
So I want a guy that who his only job is to just hold my iPhone. I got my very first smartphone. Oh, because you, <laughs> you're going out to the club. Because when you, we have an entourage, you're in the club 24-9. Absolutely, right? you just, yeah. You wake up in the club. It's you a constant sleep party. The club, and then everybody always loses their phone. Mm. So, Or it's not even about losing the phone. I've, I've never had a smartphone because I consistently oh break my phones. I'm falling on them. I'm dropping them. I get drunk and I drop it down a flight of stairs. Or I throw it at a band that's terrible. So I just need a guy with me at all times to have my phone so that I'm not breaking my phone. He's like a telecommunications officer. You, that's the fancy way of putting it. Uh, he's like an IT guy or, yeah. Um, who the, is The guy to be would be that guy in Iraq, you know, during the war where they had the uh, minister of information mm-hmm. that would sit there and go out there and, like, the United States just bombing the fuck out of everything. And he's standing there going... Iraq is doing very well. We are taking everybody. There's a U.S. tank going right behind him, <laughs> ready to kill everybody. Like you need that guy. Just, maybe he has like you know, like John Popper from Blues Traveler. <laughs> he had all these different uh, pockets in a vest that mm. held different uh, harmonicas. At least twenty to thirty for the different keys. I thought he was a fisher. I thought he was a fly fisher. Yeah, so. no, no, no. So you would have all everybody's different phone. And be like, this is Jeff's iPhone. No, no, nobody else's phone, just my phone. and You're Just yours. I, hopefully it would be like a sexy lady like Uhura, and she could say hailing frequencies are open, Captain, and I'd be very <laughs> happy about that. So who else is in your entourage? My I'm entourage, I'm going to have a guy, um, you know, hygiene is not my strong suit. Uh, obviously, we're all sitting at the in the same room together, so you guys can probably you get a sense of You walked by me that. outside to go pee, and I got, I got a whiff. Yeah. <laughs> um, you told me you smelled. I did, I did. <laughs> you warned me. <laughs> You, like, told me. I smell. Um, so I would need a guy whose sole reminder uh, was to, like, just remind me to brush, or his whole sole job was to remind me to brush my teeth. Uh, don't let that be our good friend, uh, Mike Raffone. Absolutely no. not. Uh, no. That guy Smelliest is a, man of all smell, time. He's way smellier than me. I feel bad calling myself smelly uh, when he's in the conversation. He, I mean, you might also want him in your entourage. You wouldn't need the person that makes sure you brush your teeth because he would smell so bad. That you could stand next to him. Exactly. And you would, you would smell like, I'm Way sure, better. Sophie Loren. Yeah. Right? Or like Britney Spears with her uh, U-Day Twilight. And know? I'll take microphone in my entourage over anybody whose job it is just to tell me because microphone is a ton of fun and I love seeing him start like really weird shit. So <laughs> one he's going to be my weird shit starter. One day on the show, I'll tell the story about how me and microphone, how microphone got robbed in Oakland with me. Oh I'll my God. I'll tell that story one day. <laughs> Uh, so anybody else? I have, yeah, I have. Uh, uh, I want a boombox guy. You know, I love like Glass in Hunch. Prince, like oh no, Batman. Yeah, yeah. like that exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. The, the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah. yeah, I love blasting music, but I'm always very self conscious. I don't want you know. I hate when other people do it, but if I could just have a guy that did that for me, and I'm like, oh, it's not me. It's this guy. Yeah, right. you talk to him. He's the guy that's blasting the music, but yeah. he would be playing my music, like all this shitty like. English folk music from 1971 yeah. at the top volume. Nick Drake, just you know, <laughs> Sid Barrett records, just coming out of this guy's, you know. And exactly. you're walking around, and, and yeah, and you don't you don't feel bad, you know. No, you, it's you like know. oh oh, if you need to talk to somebody, you talk to him, and he'll be under strict orders to never ever turn it down. But yeah. 
it's not my fault. It's just it's just my music. And then he'll always nod like I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, but right. but never turn anything down. He's like I feel you, and I understand that right now we're in a club, and I'm louder than the DJ. Yeah. And you're sitting there right next to him with your ear playing a Nick Drake record. Yep. And then at the you know the drowning out drowning out the Skrillex or whatever, and you just have this nice little. Orb of chill around you, exactly. and you're yeah, and you're sitting there. Okay, one more guy in your entourage. Um, I don't have much explanation for this, but I was just thinking of like you want like cool weird guys. Like, what if I had a blacksmith, and I'm like, you know, yo, do you need any <laughs> more shoes? Like, I got you covered. Random. I don't need them. Yeah, that's that's way too hipster. I feel <laughs> like like most guys look like blacksmiths these days. <laughs> like, show me a guy who doesn't look like a blacksmith in Long Beach. You know. <laughs> Well, he, I guess he wouldn't have to carry that anvil, but he would have one nearby at all times. It'd be hard to get in the case. club with the anvil. Yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. Buck Perez, huh? Your entourage. So you you hit you hit big with this show. How are you hitting big? You hitting big because of this show or because well, of the lobster truck? Well, you know, first thing I gotta do is get my my peeps back. So my whole crew. I'm sorry. None of you guys in it. None of you guys are in it. <laughs> well, no, we're we're already at odds with each other right. because we found success mutually. My, my whole crew exclusively. Black. It's, oh. all, it's all. It's an all black crew. So you're like Neil Brennan. Yeah. Oh, then comes the is, rain. Is that rain? Oh yeah. my god. You made it rain just with exactly. What you said, all black. All black. It just started raining on the just house. Right? An all black crew, because that those are my homies. You know, and those are the guys you grew up with. That's that's who I got to get back. You know, no more living hard. You know, barbecues every day. No more living hard. Okay, so so yeah. you're gonna, but but you, okay, you say no more living hard. So you're there may be ex involved, gang member types right. that are now just like just chilling. Like when shit pops off, they're like, "Yo, I would have got involved in this." Right, but you know, the one you have thing, a couple guys in wheelchairs hanging out with you. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing I don't like is when you know the bodyguard's bigger than me. So midget, right? Some very small bodyguard. Midget, I I want I want a midget black entourage. <laughs> oh, so like Tony Cox from. Uh, uh, from Friday, Mr. Big. Is that also the 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 elf guy from Black Irene? Santa? Yeah. Is that the only guy we can think of? <laughs> we all know who that guy is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Maybe the midget from uh, Trapped in the Closet. By uh, there you go. Uh, R. That, Kelly. that guy definitely midget. Midget. There's a midget. I met midget. that guy. I, I I had a drink with that guy once. It was amazing. But you know, I, I, I have strict policies on that. You know, under five foot. Can't look me in the eye. I don't want anyone looking me in the eye. Well, I mean, he's not really eye level, to be fair. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't want them even looking up at me. You know, just do what I say. Don't don't look at me. Don't don't look at book. But you know, uh, much like uh, one of my heroes in life, walk a flock of flame. I wouldn't need a permanent blunt roller. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is a blood roller? Blunt, blunt, a blunt roller, blunt roller for the for the marijuana cigarettes. Yeah, right. So. But isn't that isn't that half the fun of smoking one? Of rolling it it's yourself, the, it's the process. Uh, see, you're you're the type to do it. I was, I had a little bit of weed during this whole session, and I was going to ask you to roll it for me because I'm just that lazy. Oh man, I would have, like, I would have definitely done that. I would have yeah. been your blunt roller. I mean, that's the hard thing about pot, right? You're so lazy that like you want to get stoned. Mm-hmm. You're like, I was gonna get stoned, yeah. but it it was too much work. I didn't, I didn't feel like rolling that shit. Yeah. If I was three shades darker and three feet shorter, I would be your blunt roller. You'd be, you'd be perfect. You'd be perfect. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you need the occasional, you know, lift you up in the day. You wake up, you, uh, sometimes I wake up feeling sad. Really, Buck? I do. I yeah. never thought that. I, I know. Is that when you leave but, the door open so my dogs can run out? <laughs> but that's, that's when you need the, uh, the balloon 
shaper. <laughs> you need someone to just take you out of your element and a balloon animal always does it for me. I don't know what it is. Like when we we, we went out for my a... bachelor party, we went to the Mexican food place. Yeah. And uh, the the balloon roller guy made me a nice hat. <laughs> that was. A... I was so happy when I had the balloon it rolled just, hat. Yeah, it just changed your mood, and you know, it's it sets you on a different path in life. I think. And then and then I got the balloon rolled hat, and it was it was about uh, ten thirty in the morning, and my buddy known as Drunk C, they had one, it was one of these bars that has a breathalyzer in it. He blew a point two zero at ten thirty. Yeah, he should be in everyone's entourage. By the way, yeah, drunk C. Anyway, but. what is what is your favorite balloon animal? If you don't mind me asking. That, wait, wait. You know what? That's a really intimate question, <laughs> Jeff. I don't. I mean, this isn't real talk, <laughs> right here. Like to ask a man what his favorite balloon. I mean, I have mine. I don't even know if I'm going to reveal it. Right. Maybe we'll make a special episode where I reveal my balloon animal. I'm a classic wiener dog. <laughs> oh, yeah? That's all it is for me. That's so cliche. I know, but I love the classics. They draw the faces on them, some of them. I've seen some very elaborate wiener dogs. I, you know, okay, I'll be, can we call it fucking real talk right now? All right. Oh, my God. The giraffe. Oh. You know, the long neck. Yeah, the the short body and the little leg. And this is a very complicated. Like, only the best balloon artists can make the giraffe. Because you think about it, four legs, s- short torso, little right. tail, big neck, and then the head. Right. Right. Like, it, it, I mean, if it's something that was difficult for God to come up with, for the fucking balloon animal guy, right. I mean, that's that's A, a grade uh, level that's shit. That's shit. Yeah, yeah and I, I always admired uh, our friend Oscar... When we went to a strip club, he taught me the thing of really wadding up the ones and throwing them at the strippers. So, like, you know, at the end of the day, they really have to work for that dollar. They had yeah. w- he was giving women welts. It was <laughs> yeah. the most it aggressive, was fucking, right, sexist, yeah. like, he'd, he'd fuck re- women. He'd really, like, fucking wad it up and chuck it at him. Oh, man. So, my thing was I'd, I'd like someone to do just uh, the dollar origami. You know, someone in my crew to just do that so I could throw that at the strippers. Like throwing a swan? Yeah, to really fuck with them at the end of the night, you know? So it, To it, really work for that dollar bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, so you're, th- you're throwing swans, you're throwing uh, those little Pac-Men you can make out of an origami? Yeah. And like, maybe uh, he, he's Of course, full- the lotus flower, you know? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, that's very sexy, that's very romantic. And so- I'll just flick it at him. They'll know who gave it to him. Yeah. That came from book. Yeah. Anybody else in your entourage? Oh, that was about it. All right. I guess I'll, I'll do mine, and then we'll, we'll call it a show. Do yours. On the Far Out Podcast. So I'm rolling into the club. Rolling into the club. And the first guy I want, uh, the first guy I want in my entourage is going to be just a random cholo. Oh. Like, I want, like, my cholo <laughs> homie. Like, hey, I shot myself. Yeah. That like, <laughs> you want that guy in there? You want to hear that on like a daily basis? <laughs> yeah, you know, like because like here, here's the deal, like uh, Buck, maybe Jeff, I don't know. I grew up always around cholos. Like some of my best friends have been cholos, right. and I love going to barbecues with cholos. I love hanging out with cholos. I love going to Raider games and hanging out with cholos. Like they're always the guys that are most down and passionate about everything. You never meet a cholo. Like I mean, there's always the one cholo who's like, like, hey, that guy, you know, that's sleepy. I mean, he's you know, the, the stone cholo guy's like, fucking a man. But <laughs> that guy will always like, yeah, hey, I got some good fucking music. 
And he'll like put his headphones on. He'll be like, yeah, you got to listen to this shit. And there's that guy. He's always a good time. There's the amped up Cholo guy who's always like, that guy didn't respect me. You know, he's that guy who's always kind of amped on shit. And then there, you know, th- and then there's always the funny Cholo guy. Like, oh, that's Puppet. You know, and so <laughs> I want a Cholo that encompasses all of the great Cholo archetypes. But also... We all, you may know this, it's always like that moment where the random cholo will start crying. Even the toughest guy will cry at shit. Mm-hmm. And he'll, he'll be like, oh, we'll be listening to Morris. He'll be like, fucking amen. <laughs> and he'll start really feeling it, right? Yeah, yeah. And so this guy can not only, he can, he can have your back. Like if shit goes down and, you know, he needs to pull out his gun. Like, you know, there needs, there's, there's going to be some violence happening. And he's like... <laughs> So he's he's gonna be down for you, but also like if you're like, man, my hyena fucking left me. This he's there week. emotionally. He's for there you. for you emotionally. What is yeah. a hyena? Your girl. Your girl. Oh. Your girlfriend. And then me, you know, and 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 he's also a good cholo. I mean. All, all I really need is like one guy, really. But and like that guy can tell you, be like, fool, don't do that. Don't get fucking five to ten, hmm. right? He'll be also be like kind of like lawyer to me for certain mm-hmm. things, you know. Fool, you get five to ten. Um, I also uh, I'd like to have like an Indian guru next oh, to me. Oh shit! I think I missed the boat on my Indian guru. I should have I should have had an Indian guru. You gotta have an Indian guru. Yeah, like I yeah, want one you, that just laughs. Yours sounds like a Justice League. <laughs> like you got all the the people represented. Mm-hmm. Mine was just a straight up like Black Panther midget party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean that's fine. I mean I that's mean, what I'm looking for. A little militancy. Our entourages yeah. may meet up at a certain point yeah. and have beef. But like this guy, I want I want like the like a Maharishi type guy that no matter what you say, he just kind of laughs. I'd be like, what like, is what is the meaning of existence? He'd be like, <laughs> like, like that's like, his whole answer. Like Mike Myers in that one movie, The Love Guru. Mm. Oh, man. don't bring that up. This shit was so awesome. <laughs> Name the last Mike Myers film since. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So I want like the guru guy to be my spiritual guy, and that that he. He just kind of, he brings the levity, even though he's like the deepest dude and the mm. most serious dude. He just, <laughs> he just laughs and every once in a while we'll throw out some shit. He's kind of like Punjab and Annie. No, but he was real intense. Punjab? Yes. Oh. Is there a guru in Annie? The- Punjab. I've never Punjab. seen Annie. He was like wow. a black Sikh. I'm waiting for the, the <clears throat> new one to come out. You're waiting already. for the black version? <laughs> yeah. Let's just say it's a black version. No. That's racist. I don't see it as I just see Annie. It's not. It's uh, colorblind. Uh. No, I've never met a black girl named Annie. <laughs> I've never met a black girl named Annie. That's kind of true. Yeah, think about it. Just hey, whole show. Just sit for a moment. And just think about it. Nope, nobody no. came up with anything. No. Uh, okay, next I want. Uh, I want. I want. I need a cape man. Cape or cake? Oh, oh wait. You you, you in? Am I am I in? That's loud. That's there you go. All right, you're good. Cake. I need, I need a cape man. You know, like James Brown. Oh. Wait, wait, whenever James Brown eventually things would get so intense on the stage that he just like fall down. He'd be like, I can't get up. I can't go any further. Like right. I'd have a couple shots in the club. I like I throw out dollar bills. I'd be enjoying myself and everything. And then eventually I just take a knee and I just hit the ground. And everybody'd be like, It's over for Todd. Yeah. It's over. No, there's nobody in the room that thinks I can get up now. But this guy walks over and he's got the cape and he puts it around my shoulders and he lifts me up and I start limping. 
start mm. limping, the music starts getting me going. Yeah. And then, dun, 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 and then I just, I, I feel it. And like, the guy's real job is giving me my second, third, or fourth wind mm-hmm. in any occasion. Right. That's the cake man. What if, what if you had a cake man who perhaps after you had a, a very passionate romantic session with your wife would bring you like a cake he made in the shape of your face upon orgasm or perhaps <laughs> like your that. dick in an erect shape. Uh, and he's like, you guys just had a wonderful sex. Let's uh, eat some cake. You know, I, I like that. I like that. But yeah. I, I don't really eat cake much. I'm not really in eating cake. Mm. Uh, maybe if he was my 3D printer guy. <laughs> and then he'd take a photo of me at mid-orgasm, post-orgasm, and then he'd just like, he'd present it to me like when you go to the LA Zoo and you get those wax printouts of like yeah. the gorilla or whatever. Yeah. But it would be like my face, like, oh. it would be very close to a death mask. Mm. Uh, I'd also want um, one friend, someone I genuinely like, <laughs> hanging out with me. Um, uh, want good one. luck finding that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fuck, man. <laughs> hey, microphone. Our buddy Mike that smells bad. I love Mike. Uh, I, I, I do, I'd want uh, one of my wife's, uh, bro- like my, one of my brothers-in-law, because you need one, like you, there's always the moochie brother-in-law, like the, the, like the Carlo in The Godfather, or like there's some guy that yeah, like... Wh- why are you inviting this in? He does everything you want, bec- and then he also makes sure your shit doesn't get back to your loved ones and family. So his job, it's like, yo, I won't tell anybody, but just, you know, g- you know give me a couple more singles mm-hmm. tonight, or get buy me a couple drinks. You need that moochie brother-in-law that <laughs> keeps the family tight, that goes in and is like, no, Todd's, Todd's on the up and up. He wasn't out there last night. He was doing charity. You know, and he's, huh. you know, and so that, and then, you know, he keeps everything right on my family side because if you're going to be big and powerful, you know, a man's not a man unless he spends time with his family. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that mafioso kind of thing I got, but he's the buffer between me and my family. Finally, yeah. uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to have like my sketchy drug guy. And I'm thinking James Woods in Casino. Like, I'm going to have oh, the guy the, the that... The pimp character, yeah? Yeah, the yeah. pimp character, he's always like, yes, you want to do some blow? You wanna do, and like he's always like hooking up on shit. And he, he's wily, but he takes the fall for any bad shit that happens. Like, he'll go do a dime for it, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's always like, he's, he's, the guy, he's the guy keeping me high. Right. He's the guy keeping me going. Cape Man, second wins and stuff like that, but those are more emotional. This guy just is working on me on a biochemical level. Right. And he's real sketchy, but we can be dark together. You know, and I don't feel weird. Like, my true friend, I don't want to be in that room when I get real dark. When I'm on my fucking fourth Percocet of the night, you know? And I'm getting weird. And I'm, I'm staggering. I'm getting a little loose, you know? Whatever, maybe naked. My, my formidable gut is falling out. The sketchy drug guy, I, like, he's never going to judge me. He just wants to get high. Exactly. It's quite an entourage. I look forward to our... Uh all of our success so that I can meet you guys as entourage. Yes. I just think if any of our entourage has gotten a fight, mine would kick your ass. Oh, no doubt about it. Would. It would. Yeah. yeah mine, mine was built an army. Mine's an army. If your guy would sit really still, then maybe my carving guy could like slice something off of his arm, but otherwise I don't think he's going to be very good in a fight. No. I, I feel like, though, like, like I, I would want to be like, I would want to mingle my entourage with your guys, but may you never pick off one of my Entourage, or else there's another guy I'm not going to tell you about, but he'll put a bolt in somebody. You know? Damn. So is Entourage swapping? Is that verboten? 
Oh, dude, no, you don't. It's like mafia. You don't go to another family. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't pull that move where Tatalia calls you in and you know sleeps with him. But what if I'm in? What if I'm in your entourage and I piss you off and you say you're out of my entourage and then Buck is like, yeah, I have this opening for a guy in my entourage. His name is Turtle. <laughs> no, then me and Buck. Then me and Buck oh. need to have words. Oh, and maybe we can come to a peace agreement. Maybe we can hug it out, bitch. If not, we're going to be sitting here doing this show, and we're going to have some real beef. Yeah. I mean, it, but but I think, Phil, Buck and I can dissolve beef well, currently given our relationship, given the stuff that's happened in the last couple of weeks in our relationship, given the, the dogs. Yes. So my dogs are in the, the entourage as well. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Far Out Podcast. I think Buck Perez. Thank you. Jeff Harmatz, thank you so much for coming down. My pleasure.